Hello and welcome to the Farcast here at Shadron State College. I'm Daniel Binker, joined by my co-host Alex Helmbrecht, and we're here with Dave Collins, Sports Director at Eagle Communications and the voice of the CSC Eagles. Dave, great to have you here with us. Um, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. How'd you get into sports broadcasting? Um, what'd you do before you came here to Shadron? Uh, well, first of all, guys, it's awesome to be here. Uh, cool studio. Love it. Love it that you guys are doing this and uh, really appreciate you having me on the podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun to visit with you today. Um, I guess I, I first knew I wanted to be a sports broadcaster when I was a kid. I, I kind of lay on the couch and watch a lot of games and I've always loved sports. And I remember a particular game. I was actually watching, and it's funny because I'm a huge North Carolina basketball fan, but I was watching a Duke game and it was just crazy. The atmosphere was was wild. And um, I remember that was the first time and it was in middle school. And I remember thinking like this, I want to do this for the rest of my life. You know, like how cool would this be? Get paid, watch sports, talk about sports. Um, so it was at that moment. And I, I think it just sticks out. I remember that moment. Um, is realizing I'm going to try to pursue this. And then, you know, you go through high school and into college and realize what it actually takes to, to do it. But um, so fortunately, I'm lucky to have uh, gotten to this point and been able to kind of follow that dream that I've always had. And I got started down in Sydney, um, just a couple hours, south, hour and a half south, two hours south or so, yeah. just depending on how fast you take 385. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, and, uh, you know, for folks in the panhandle that don't know, um, yeah, I was down there for 11 or 12 years and did all kinds of stuff, um, high school sports for, for that time. I did around a thousand games of high school sports and just absolutely loved it um, for many, many reasons. Uh, I was the news director at the stations down in Sydney at KSID. I DJed a couple shows and shifts, um, country and classic rock and pop and all kinds of stuff, yeah. uh, website uh, stuff, I just all kinds of different things down there. So I was able to kind of dabble in a little bit of everything. Um, but high school play-by-play is the reason I took that job and moved from Denver to Sydney in the first place to get right. this career started. What's the difference between high school and, and college, I, I mean, as far as covering the games? Um, I There's a lot more available information to cover college games, which I like. I, I, I like to soak up information. I like to learn about things, uh, research teams and trends and um have a lot more to talk about. It's very it's very difficult to find information to do high school games at times. You have to rely on very limited sources and um, hopefully build up as many contacts as you can and make yeah. as many coaching friends as you can that'll share their statistics with you and visit with you. And it's, it's really great because a lot of that is over and above their scope of responsibility as a high school coach. So I always appreciated um, them doing that for me. Um, so I guess the information, uh, that's available at the college level is a, definitely a difference, but, um, doing high school games, it was just, you meet the parents of these kids, every game, everywhere you're at. And I covered teams in so many different towns. Um, and so I, I met a lot of different people. It's a little different at the college level because kids come from all over the country. We've got players from everywhere. So it's a treat when I get to meet those, those, uh, players as families and talk to them, um, but uh, I guess it felt a little more maybe tight-knit in the small towns around western Nebraska here. So I had to kind of get used to that um, a little bit. Uh, just It was a little bit different. But uh, over time, it's been great to meet all these kids' as families when they come and watch or send me emails that they've listened and stuff. So um, it's a little bit different in that interaction, but it's still there, which is great. Nice. Awesome. You, you, you mentioned the, the preparation and I guess kind of the information available, obviously, with Division Two, there 
and in, in all of college, that most athletic programs have sports information directors or some types of me, some type of media relations office that yeah. is generating stats. And uh, I think even to be an NCAA sport, you have to have stats there. So uh, I mean, that is obviously a help. But w- what amount of preparation goes into what you do? I mean, as far as football and basketball, and, and you even call some volleyball and, and sure. other things like that, uh, and softball. What what what's the preparation look like? Um. If you, you got, do we have a couple hours? <laughs> I love this question um, and a chance to get to talk about it because uh, there are definitely fans and, and listeners and people who do think, and you can tell by the way they talk to you or, or ask you things um, or assumptions that you kind of get from some fans that you walk in, you grab a roster and you just kind of start doing things or that you just sort of know it. Um, but it's, it's kind of easy to not realize that there is a lot of work behind the game uh, that goes into it. So the preparation is the biggest key in, in having a quality broadcast because you want to know all those things going in. So, um, you know, say for a football game, uh, Monday, I'm gathering all this information, stats and rosters, and then we make what are called spotting boards and spotting charts. And it's it, you can refer to it kind of as a cheat sheet, I guess, but it's really just a tool and a guide um, because you can't memorize every statistic for everybody. And, oh, nor, yeah. and we're obviously not expected to, but it's it, we want it to sound like we've got all that stuff memorized and right off the top of our head. But so basically you take in football like the, the starters and the second string, the two deep, Put them out on this chart. I use colors to code everything that means certain things. So you have like the jersey number, the name, then the height, the weight, the hometown, um, statistics from the season. Uh, I go in and research different trends. And um, like, let's say this past football season, we found out that, you know, Tavon Wright had a touchdown in three straight weeks. I'll put a little note like that on my spotting chart so that when Dalton hits Tavon for the touchdown, we all know is coming at some point in that game, I can say that's Tavon Wright's fourth touchdown catch in four straight weeks. Um, fun little notes and anecdotes like that that, fa- that help tell the story of the game. Um, so I spent a lot of time during the week building these charts, researching, looking through notes, like you said, working with sports information uh, folks and team websites and um, newspapers from around different towns in the RMAC and uh, just trying to dig up as much information and learn as much about both teams and all the players that I'm going to see uh, as much as I can. And then it also goes into uh, taping shows. We have the Shadron State Sports Journal on Wednesdays and then Jay Long's head coach's show on Tuesdays. So uh, it's great to get information uh, from Jay during the week and learn about the team that way. Um, then we do our show on a, a rotating kind of sport basis or with student athletes on Wednesdays, um, which is a fun part of the week as well. But that that's in addition to the play-by-play. Um, so once you get charts and things made, then you, you develop storylines and look through um, what, why is this game important? I always like to ask myself, you know, no matter what the game, why, what, what is this game important? What's the importance of this game? Why does it mean something? So I'll find some storylines and headlines and things, um, whether it's the game itself on a, on a wide level or individual players, um, things that are important going on in, in their seasons or careers or with the program, and try to weave those throughout the game because there's always one main story in the game, and then you've got all these little ones too that spring off. And so it just makes it uh, uh, fun for the listeners to have that real compelling reason to tune in as opposed to just win or loss by Shadron State. So, um, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it during the week. 
Yeah, I, I've always, as a former SID, I've always appreciated uh, listening to your broadcasts and how you kind of sprinkle in those informational items that are obviously provided to you by by really good sports information offices, uh, because it really helps fill out the broadcast, makes you look good, makes the school look good, mm-hmm. uh, and and so it's it's a win win. Um, but what about the like the items that don't show up in game notes, like the if if Daniel's wearing a, a a jersey that has like a filigree pattern on it, I, like how do you describe those? When do you decide to sprinkle in those? I, I guess like the atmosphere type descriptions yeah. to your broadcast. Yeah, um, in radio, obviously there's no screen; you can't watch it on your phone or your TV. So it is like painting the picture. So I try to do that as much as I can. You know, if I can capture. Uh, a description of the wind or describing the jerseys. In fact, we had a sponsor that uh, was part of our jersey descriptions this year in football, which was kind of neat. It helps <laughs> that local business get noticed and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, also helps us, um, you know, carry on with broadcasts by having some some sponsorship and stuff. So yeah. um, I just, I love to describe, I think it's most important in the sport, what's happening, time and score, um, number one, people want to tune in and they're tuning in here and there in their cars or garage or, you know, you're in and out of a broadcast on radio. Nobody, it's not the 40s where you're sitting there compelled and like <laughs> hanging onto your radio with every everything you got uh, with an advance in technology. So um, knowing that people are kind of in and out of a broadcast, I like to always make sure that the time, the score, and the kind of set the scene of where the game is at, do some recaps through the game and just try to try to paint that uh, picture as best I can. And uh, the atmospheric things are fun to throw in. And uh, I hope I get as much of that in as I feel like at times I do. Uh, but it can be kind of difficult at times to, to get that in or fully describe um, call the, the, the atmosphere of a game. Radio play-by-play by several of the professionals have said it's one of the most difficult jobs to do perfectly. You can't do it perfect, but mm-hmm. very, very well because there's only certain ways to describe things or how do you describe it so that everybody can get what you're yeah. saying. So, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I like to try and make it as colorful as possible. There's a lot going on. That's for sure. Oh absolutely. yeah, there really is. So Dave, let's talk about getting into the business and I'd kind of like to hear your story. It sounds like you wanted to do it uh, all your life at least, Yeah. but how, how does somebody, what kind of schooling do you need to do or what kind of practice, uh, internships, apprenticeships, what, what goes on there? Yeah, uh, I think the thing with radio is depending on what kind of path you want to go in radio depends on how much schooling you need or where what you want to do to do. um, I guess we'll start with where I started. I graduated from the University of Colorado from journalism school. I have a bachelor's in journalism. Um, I took broadcast news as my emphasis. So broadcasting and and the journalistic side of of things is where I come from. Uh, But I always knew I wanted to do play by play. Now, I I, you don't need a, a, a degree, so to speak, to do high school play-by-play. If you can describe something great on the radio and you love sports and you know the rules in the game and somebody will give you a job without a degree, uh, you've got your foot in the door. So, I mean, there is that possibility. But um, without getting my degree, I would not have been able to get to this point because as a news director, you know, having that journalism degree and background was so huge and being able to be sure. successful in that job. And um I, I didn't want to do news. I didn't want to DJ. I didn't want to do anything else. Is that kind of the, the necessary dance. evil? It is. It's uh, <laughs> you. If you want to do something, you have to take the rest with it. Yeah. And uh, the lesson I learned from that was that um, if you you may not want to do something, or you're not exactly excited about it, or you're kind of like, I guess I'll figure this out as we go a little bit. You can discover that you can really be successful at something that you never thought you would uh, 
be as successful at or that you would even enjoy as much as you end up enjoying. I, I enjoyed um, being in charge of delivering really important information and stories to people, um, severe weather uh, yeah. updates and live covered murder cases and all kinds of uh, kind of wild cases down in, in Cheyenne County in the Southern Panhandle. Um, being on the statewide Nebraska news network with important news stories from Western Nebraska that people could hear our voice and know what's going on in our communities, oh, in yeah. Omaha and Lincoln and um, those type of things. So, um, but uh, it's just, it was great to get that start in Sydney. So I had to move from Denver, uh, three plus million metropolitan area where I grew up to a town of 7,000 or so in, in Sydney, right. which is, um, that's to get to, to get to the play-by-play um, side of things after school, that's kind of what you have to do. You got to go where the jobs are. Right. Um, and when you want to do something that's specialized like that, y- you have to go where the jobs are. You can't, you don't walk into an office and hand a resume, you know, you mm-hmm. kind of find out where that is. So ended up uh, finding that job in Sydney, hunted around for several months in the summer um, after graduating in May of 2004, which feels like an eternity ago now. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, I found that job um, in Sydney. But uh, another cool thing you guys might find interesting is, you know, how do you put together like a resume tape um, when you don't have experience? You know, fortunately at CU, I got some experience in doing some play-by-play with uh, the Buffs and through a class I took with their play-by-play guy at the time, Larry Zimmer, who's a big um, instrumental mentor for me in my career. Um, but that summer, I would go to Coors Field in Denver with a mini disc player. You guys remember those? Right? Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I still have mine. It's a little silver Sony mini disc player. Take my mini discs. I'd go to Coors Field. I'd print out the official Rockies game notes that were on MLB.com. Um, at the time, the Rockies weren't that good that summer, which bothers me because I love them, but I loved it because I'd have some open space to myself. So I yeah. would sit in the front row of the upper deck, like a level 300 section, and I would have my mini disc player with a, a little pair of Logitech computer headphones with a mic. And I would sit there in the upper deck and I would broadcast the radio play-by-play to myself in this mini disc player, trying to have the anecdotes and stuff in there. Um, And then I would go back when I got home or the next few days, listen through it, cut out highlights, critique myself. Ultimately, I found some highlights to add to some of the the basketball things that I did um, at CU. And I used that as my way to get my first job in play-by-play. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so you kind of have to take it upon yourself to go out and get it if you really want it. And so I went to 30 some odd Rockies games that summer. Didn't call everyone into a mini display, yeah. but uh, it was kind of fun because I love going to Rockies games and then got the start of my career. Well, there's worse ways to spend an afternoon. Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It just comes down to that practice. Yeah, it, it really does. And, you know, repetition, repetition. Um, they, it's what they say, getting reps. It's like uh, when people ask me how you get ready for a game. I say I'm, I'm a lot like a player and a coach in the sense that you spend your week typically getting ready. You know, you go through practice, you do scouting reports, learning, deciding how you want to attack the game. And then when they show up to play, I show up to play in the sense that I'm showing up to do my broadcast after practicing and preparing all week just like they are. It's one oh, yeah. of the, I guess one of the more common ways I explain it now to people. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, and, and baseball is kind of one of those sports that lends itself to storytelling and, yeah. and, and radio, isn't it? It really is. There's so much downtime between action, yeah. between pitches. You, know, you have 20, 30 seconds sometimes between action plays. That That's where the preparation of the research really is fun and comes into it because, like you said, you've got, you got space to fill. So uh, like with softball for Shadron State, 
uh, try to come up with as many different uh, things as I can that know about the team and the ladies. And, um, you know, so there's a lot of historical things we can bring in or really study the season at hand and, and how they're doing and talk about where they are. And uh, as the game progresses, more new storylines get built in. But, um, you know, we look around the conference and have a few special features and stuff in there, too. So but that's fun because you right. can tell those stories. And so I love listening to, to guys like Vince Scully and Marty Brenneman. Uh, major league guys that have been around for 40 50 years yeah. and um these guys just I mean, they're talking about things that happened in the 70s and 80s these great funny stories and stuff and so it's uh pretty incredible to hear what they can draw on from their experience definitely definitely um you mentioned uh, i think it was larry zimmer what other mm-hmm. in- influential play-by-play uh individuals did you have in your life or, or i guess who are some that you you still look up to today yeah um there's a there's several. Uh, Zim was a guy I listened to as a kid. He was doing Bronco games and then did CU and just had this unbelievable voice and a way to convey Buffalo sports. And I grew up a huge CU Buffs fan and went to school there, obviously. Um, Most so, of our listeners will forgive uh, you for that. Uh, yeah, hopefully. I know. I was going to say, I, they <laughs> make it a lot of, lot of uh, tune-outs now at that point. Um, I did grow up a big Huskers fan, too. 90s Huskers. Love them. Tommy Frazier's my favorite favorite option quarterback ever apologies to darian hagan um but uh (laughs) those teams i love those teams too um so zim obviously number one now uh the university of virginia's dave keen is a guy who's a mentor of mine and i'm forever grateful for him the last several years um i check in with him about you know once a year is is about what we do um and just kind of talk or email back and forth or ask for tips or you know just let him know kind of what's going on and, and what I'm trying to do and ask him how things uh, are done that I want to do that I see at Division One level um, because I'm always trying to sort of grow what we're doing and just always trying to be better. You know, I don't ever want to be complacent and I don't ever, you know, I want our fans to always have something fun to listen to. So, um, but Dave's been great uh, just to, to yield some time and give me some tips and mostly to critique my work and, and things like that. Um, Brandon Godden did Georgia Tech play-by-play for three years on the radio recently. He's now the voice of EA Sports and Madden football games. Oh, and wow. Yeah, so uh, it's fun to hear him talk about taping all those Madden clips that he has to do. Um, and he's on Big Ten Network and does games now. And he's another mentor that I've got now, too, that does some of the same things. Um, but some of the guys I've really looked up to, Gene Deckerhoff of Florida State for football, is just, he is so energetic and passionate and um, I love his Southern kind of draw voice and like the way he calls a game. And he's right now my favorite guy to listen to. And uh, so I would put him kind of up there uh, at, at the top. But I listen to a lot of games, uh, particularly coming home on buses and stuff with our team. You know, as guys are some people are studying, some people are watching movies or reading or whatnot. I like to listen to broadcasts from around the country um, on my on my radio. So um, I kind of try to check in and, and see if somebody's saying something like, that's a great way to describe that, or just uh, kind of learn as I'm enjoying and listening going along. Oh, certainly. So, uh, you know, the RMAC here, we travel, it seems like, all over the country, too. You are on, uh, on the bus for a lot of these away games. Any good stories from those? Uh, or or <laughs> maybe the, the PG-rated stories. <laughs> right. Or uh, some of the other venues that you've worked out of and any, anything interesting that you can tell us about those. Yeah, I, 
I think, uh, you know, our listeners would be glad to know there's not a bunch of R-rated stories coming out of the <laughs> I Eagle wouldn't Bluff expect it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're, usually they're pretty tame. Uh, yeah. Yeah, when, when we win, things, things are, uh, you know, people are loud and fun. Um, when we win, we watch comedy movies when we come home, so that's always good. Um, get to watch a lot of Step Brothers, which is <laughs> epic, epic movie. Uh, great fun. One year we watched, uh, after every win, we watched Eddie Murphy Raw, which, uh, was, which was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, uh, in terms of getting around the RMAC, um, you know, the bus rides, they're a lot of fun. I, I enjoy it. I really enjoy traveling with the teams, um, getting to know the guys on the football team, the guys and gals in basketball, and and then even when we went down and did the RMAC softball tournament, too, uh, getting to know the team uh, because we don't travel with softball normally in the regular season. So I hadn't had a chance to meet a lot of what was a really awesome team of, of great character people and um, just fun kids that were great at their sport. Um, so that was a lot of fun, too. But. Uh, yeah, there's some definitely some long bus rides in the RMAC. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Is it uh, still uh, Highlands to Las Vegas, New Mexico, or what, what's the longest one now? Well, Dixie. Just, okay. Uh, Dixie, oh, yeah. Dixie came on board for the cup of that's coffee right. with us in the RMAC, and now they're going D1. So um, we don't go to St. George again, but that's like a, a 15, 16-hour oh, some trip. That's a that's a big one. That's yep. Yeah. Um, so that one's going to be gone. And so down to Highlands, I think, is going to be the longest one now. Um, but, you know, we pass a lot of the time watching movies. It's yeah. it's uh, Thursday has kind of become like my new Saturday, in a sense, because a lot of times we'll leave it like a Thursday morning or afternoon, mid-morning, afternoonish kind of time. Um, and so it's usually a pretty strong, solid rotation of movies heading down the uh, gladiator type or, um, you know, like uh, London is Falling has become one of my favorite movies. We've watched that three or four times the last few. Uh, anything with Morgan Freeman or Liam Neeson or, <laughs> sure. uh, you know, all these these like save the world type guys yeah. and stuff like there's some, just some great movies um, that we've watched going down. But I read a lot on the on the buses, a lot of articles, a lot of tons of Twitter. I, mean, I love Twitter. So I get a lot of information there. Reddit, go through Reddit and mm-hmm. get down that endless hole for an hour or two yep. and <laughs> it just kind of get lost and look up and oh, the sun's going down. Um, been reading for a while. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that Highlands trip, we've, we've got that coming up for basketball, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's always, I always hated traveling in the winter though, especially like when you go west into Colorado and New Mexico because it's 50-50, the weather's going to be okay. <laughs> so hopefully you have safe travels the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, Fort Lewis, my first or second year, we were going about two or three miles an hour up Wolf Creek Pass coming oh, yeah. home. And that was around 11 o'clock at night, and the snow was coming down. And we all thought we were going to be sitting there on the side of the road all night long. Well, fortunately, a plow ended up coming down the other direction. And so our bus driver somehow kind of shimmied us over and got half of our bus into a plowed zone and we were able to, to kind of crawl up and get up the top of the mountain but that was kind of a dicey one mm. i didn't know where we were gonna make it we got snowed in in rollins in football this year so um they got a great best western out in rollins if you ever find some that's tough. good to know so, yeah, you know, if, you're in, if you're going through that area and you need a place to stay um but uh, that was the first time actually in five years that we'd been snowed in or weather or some kind of issue had kept us from getting home um at our normal time which is typically anywhere between three in the morning and and nine or 10 in the morning on Sunday. So right. uh, it was an interesting experience, but yeah, I'm hoping for no closed roads or anything in basketball season. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, Dave, uh, radio is certainly the, the backbone of, of what you do for play-by-play and everything else, uh, but you're also active with podcasts, like you mentioned, and on social media. I'm sure a lot of Shattern State Athletics fans follow you on Twitter. Um, how important 
are those platforms to your jobs? And, and do you have any ideas on different ways to incorporate them or possibly even some new ones? Yeah, uh, the podcasting is great. I don't have anything quite this fancy as a setup, though. This is nice what you guys have. I'm, I'm looking around and kind of thinking, hmm, you know, what can we do next down at, uh, at our studio? Uh, yeah, we do. the Every coaches show that we do, I do. I post as a podcast online where folks and fans can listen to it whenever they want. And that's the beauty of podcasts and things like we're doing yeah, today. On demand. On yeah, demand. Yeah yeah. 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 You know, we're all pulled by a thousand strings, different directions, and you, you can't really make appointment TV or appointment radio anymore. So the technology that, that has come out to have on-demand things um, is terrific. So we're far as long as I'm doing this with uh, Eagle and Shadward State, we'll continue to have podcasts, and at some point maybe we'll branch out and try some some new things. Um, certainly want to have that Shadward State focus and get the whole athletics department and people involved in sports, um, always have them covered. And then football being such an important thing, um, continue our, our weekly coaches shows during the season. But uh, there's so many different technological things that come out and allow us to do new stuff. Uh, you, I'm sure, Daniel, you've got a gimbal around here, I'm sure, don't you? Yeah, we, we finally got one this yeah, year. Yeah, those things are great. They are great. And I yeah. know, found out about some of that technology over the last summer. And Grabbed one of those, took it up to the fall football camp, and um, was able to interview some of the guys with. with uh, you get your phone in there and your special. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so you have your. It's uh, basically a new video type of tool that just helps that run and gun style and yes. smooths it out and makes it look even yes. if it's a real quick thing it can still look good mm -hmm. yes still yes. Look watchable smooth watchable sounds really solid and so one of the new ways we're trying to feature our student athletes and showcase them a little bit more for Shadron State is to have video elements to that as well yeah. and so we started up a, kind of a YouTube channel that has those on uh, we share everything through social media um, but I, I want to do a lot more of those video type of things and uh, yeah there's some other things we've I've really been thinking a lot about um, that are coming down the line potentially. So don't want to don't want to take the lid off that jar, I guess, just sure, yet. But sure. uh, yeah, as soon as some of that stuff gets coming forward, we'll let you guys know, hopefully, and oh, yeah. uh, and it'll be a lot of fun. Well, I think. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Go ahead. I was going to ask, how many sports do you cover in the Shadron area, or what? What What are all the sports? Uh, the The live games that we do the play by play of would be football, men's and women's basketball, volleyball, and softball. Okay. So that those five um, for the Eagles live, and then on the Sports Journal, it's a chance for us to get to showcase wrestling and track and field and some of the other sports too that uh, aren't conducive to live radio play-by-play -play. but we can visit with coaches and student athletes or people involved in those programs too um, and let our, make sure our fans know what's going on with them as well so okay. a little bit of all of it but uh, the live game's a little more on those first five gotcha and and we just a quick note about the video uh, I've always realized that even through the work that Daniel does with his office uh, students, how they react to seeing themselves on video and how easy it is to share, especially when they're short videos, you know, and they're compelling or there's a call to action in them or whatever. Uh, but but I think you just need, need to be commended for that because I think it's really great uh, to, to not only help those students, student athletes feel a little love and some attention, but also it, it reflects really well on the college. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Um, thanks, Alex. I think one of the things I've learned so much about college student athletes in this four plus years of doing this job now is how much goes into it to be a, a student athlete, the student and the athlete. You know, I mean, I, I thought I was busy when I was in college as a student and then working, uh, you know, a job to make some money. Um, but seeing what student athletes put in to get all of it done um, is just incredible. And mm -hmm. so one of the things I really enjoy about my position is getting a chance to 
bring some of that notoriety and, and things to them and, and to uh, bring some joy to them and to their fans and their families um, that and just sort of celebrate and champion with excitement what they are doing, what they're accomplishing in their respective sports, which, like you said, does reflect great on the college. Yeah. It's just a, a real nice cycle of, of positivity that kind of grows um, out of that. So like with our Eagle Cuts that has come out the last couple of years, it's a audiogram highlight package I put together and post on our social media that uh, you guys may be familiar with and um, it's basically some of the highlights from the recent game and a lot of the student athletes are, are get pretty pumped up about that because Good. they get to hear what it sounds like to the fans the plays they're making they get to hear what it sounds like in a different medium and I'm getting more and more requests uh, hey will you send me that highlight or you know is this going to be on or things like that and um, it's really it's really cool to hear and see that from them because I know that they appreciate it they like it and so I, it's good to know our listeners enjoy it absolutely yeah, very good so I think we've talked a little bit about uh, how you got into the business, and uh, I kind of get curious on getting into a little bit more of the technical side, um, getting your voice sorted out for radio or for any kind of audio recording. Because I know uh, I do some of our um, advertisements for the college, and yeah, uh, you your radio voice is different than your normal speaking voice. Um, what goes into preparing that? It, it's subconscious, I guess. Yeah. Um, people, people sometimes tell me that. Well, I, I guess I don't see a difference, but you know, when you put the headphones on, like I can kind of sense now that I'm thinking about it that I'm probably talking different than when I first walked <laughs> in here. Shift gears. And, yeah, you kind of you kind of shift gears. Yeah, and you it, actually had a British accent. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. That. <laughs> so uh, it's not something that you think about. When I first went into radio, you know, I studied journalism and essentially did TV when I was in okay. school. Um, so I wasn't on the campus radio station or anything. I remember it was like my third day in Sydney. I jumped on and started doing all this on the air stuff and eventually you just start going but i i would say my radio voice in air quotes for those that that are listening is um it it comes from self-critique i think and listening to yourself Uh, that's one of the most key things i do is go back and listen to the broadcasts find out what's good find out what's bad um and as you hear yourself and then as i listen to other broadcasters i honestly think it just kind of gets in your brain your mind you start start doing it, but you don't consciously think about how you talk. It just happens. If you overthink it, it's it's just going to turn awkward, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. And I, there are times where I've had maybe a great call about to happen, and I, I feel like I'm searching somewhere deep for oh, a yeah. perfect word to describe <laughs> a touchdown or a slam dunk, and, and it sounds a touch awkward, and then I'll go back and listen, and, oh, that wasn't so bad, or I'll I'll think I had this great call and go listen. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I said that. That was the most epic play in the end zone ever. And this is how I described it. Yeah. So I try not to think too hard, just let it free flow naturally. Yeah. And um, I guess that's the easiest way to describe it. It just, sure. just kind of happens. Um, what are some phrases you found yourself perhaps overusing? And I suppose this would have been going years back since you've gotten comfortable now. But that's yeah. something when I'm telling my my student broadcasters for CSC Live is okay. Well, let's let's not use that particular word to describe it or yeah. or mix it up. What were any examples for yourself? Um, in football, it takes the snap, turns hands because you know a handoff that every handoff can be described in a different way or can be described right. in that exact same way. So, you know, mm-hmm. takes the snap, turns hands um, is probably the one that immediately comes to mind. So I okay. try to think of different ways. But again, certain things are only described one one predominant yeah. way. Yeah. Consistency is not a bad thing. Yeah, consistency is not a bad thing. But like in our chat about um, painting the picture a little bit and varying things, I do try to vary up 
my vocabulary as best as I can. Right. Uh, sometimes I'll go through and just, you know, I've got a, an extra hour on hand. I'll go and check out a thesaurus a little bit and just <laughs> kind of start looking at how to say different words different ways. Um, when I'm listening to those games coming home from like a bus trip, I'll listen to, say, like a Washington Huskies basketball game, and this guy uses a word, and I'm like, that is terrific. So I'll jot a note down in my phone real oh, yeah. quick and then try to add things like that in. So yeah. uh, so as not to overuse so many things. Um, it's so common and easy to say, like, you know, takes a three, good, you know, like it's it's good or it's misses or uh, try to think of different ways to say stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Very good. It's it's clear that you are are passionate about sports, about radio, about play by play. But what are some of your some of your other interests outside of work? What else do you like to do? Um, yeah, I, I I have a lot of interests outside of work. I guess even work takes up quite a bit of, of life, and it's a weird schedule. So I don't get um, maybe as many opportunities to do a few different things, just depending. But what is cool is that because of that schedule, I have some more free time in like the summers and stuff. So yeah. and, and liking to uh, enjoying travel, get a chance to travel around, and that's part of the job I love too is being able to visit um, Colorado where I'm from and see these other schools and uh, get to other states and things too. But I uh, love to run and my wife and I are half marathon runners and she got me into that. I was uh, brave enough to do the Boulder Boulder a few times in my my past life down in Sydney. Um, That's a 10K and I always enjoyed that. And then uh, when I met her, she had run a full marathon and a half marathon and uh, Shonda was like, let's run a half marathon together. And I was uh, in the hotel room. Uh, we were going to do a Fort Lewis basketball game, I think it was. And it was time to time to get signed up for that half marathon. And I can still see myself in that hotel room clicking register and paying the money. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> like 13.1 miles at once. Like, oh boy. I hope I survive this thing. Um, but that was my first one in Casper. Sign up for that one. So we love to run. And it gives us a chance to do some vacationing and stuff as well to different places, um, Seattle and Chicago and uh, some of the places that we've run together. So uh, nice. really enjoy trying to stay fit a little bit. Um but also uh, enjoy good food at the same time. So it's kind of that uh, kind of that cycle that, that uh, you can never really break out of, right, you know? Right. Uh, well, and it's helpful having a hobby that's similar to your spouse's. I yeah. Mean, you get a chance because with with work schedules that are so crazy, and obviously Shonda has a, a pretty busy one during the school year as well. So it's nice that you have that time where you can kind of do that and get to get get back to knowing one another. Yeah, no, it really is. It really is. Um, I mean, running such a positive activity and, mm-hmm. and something to do together when you run side by side. And you know, she she beat me in our first half marathon by five minutes, about a half mile. And uh, she won't want me to say this, but I've gotten the run, the last the last bunch we've done together. I've had the better in the time. So I know that like it's that fosters that friendly little competition yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, so we joke about that a lot. And uh, it also keeps us, you know, our, uh, my sister, our, our sister-in-law in Omaha is a big runner too. Um, and so we're all always kind of compete training against each other a little bit. And uh, so it's a good way to make sure you continue an active lifestyle. But um, yeah, sharing those kind of activities is just, it's, it's awesome. I'm really glad she got me into a half marathon running something. Honestly, I never, ever thought I would want to do. And it, come to love to do. That's good. Yeah, fantastic. So Dave, um, you've, you've been through a few changes now in the radio business. Um, what were 
some of the like transitions that stand out to you over the, as the for the industry as a whole, and uh, what do you see for the future in radio? That's a that's a great question, Daniel. And you know, I'm sure you think about that stuff a lot too on the technological side. Always of, trying to figure out what's next. Yeah, or what, how, how can I make it more efficient? Yeah, yeah, how can I make it more efficient? Or I just learned this, but now there's a new way to do it. Yeah. And uh, what's coming up next? When I first got out to Sydney at KSID. There was no Facebook, or Facebook was just starting. It was like right, right there. Like Twitter had had not come out yet. So since I started working in radio as a professional, um, I've seen the rise of social media and how influential it is, and even the internet. I remember down there, we they had just started their own website, um, and obviously the internet had been around for a little while, but radio stations were just getting into an online presence. So it was really really fun to build an, a website uh, that had content that would grow from, you know, there were no users at the beginning to millions uh, over the course oh, yeah. of a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was neat to see the rise of the internet and then social media as well, which has plenty of pitfalls as well as things that are great about it. And that's probably another podcast for another day. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> we could, Where's we, that balance? I know. Yeah. We could get into that. Um, there, there are a lot, a lot of feelings and things about social media. Um, but uh uh, yeah, I, I always got to keep an eye on technology and things, but I would say that the growth of social media has definitely yeah. been the biggest change that I've seen. And what's great is that radio is something that's always going to be there and always be counted on. Um, and so it's nice to see that even though there's been a rise in social media, there's the uh, satellite radio is around, but not nearly as many people subscribe to and pay for satellite radio as is kind of the... Uh, perception out there. You know, you, everybody thinks, oh, everybody's got satellite. All these new cars have satellite. That's that's really not true. I mean, they may have it, but it's not necessarily on and activate. A lot fewer people listen to that. A lot more people love ter- uh, traditional radio stations. And um, so it's great to see how much staying power radio has and how important, especially in our small town communities where we cover local things, high school games, local news, local weather, you know, Shadron State stuff. You can't get that in other places. Oh, no, um, absolutely. And so it's, it's awesome to, to see that staying power despite the rise of some of the other things that have come along. Well, and radio is always going to have frequency and reach mm-hmm. going for it. And so, and those are things that advertisers love to, to yeah. utilize and those yeah. are never going to go away. Absolutely. Exactly. Yep. Uh, Dave, last question here before we get to some quick hitting ones. Um, what are some of the most memorable moments you've had while broadcasting? Oh, wow. Um, another one we could do another full podcast <laughs> probably on. There have been so many. Uh, one from... I guess something from my early career, I always remember doing, I love doing the state tournament games of volleyball and basketball in Lincoln or Grand Island with the high schools and just how an entire town will close and move itself to the other side of the state to cheer on these high school um, players. That was always great. Um, Mike Dom, who came from Kimball High School, Played at South Dakota State and had a great NCAA tournament run one year. At one point, looked like may get drafted in the NBA. Just getting to know Mike and uh, his family down in Kimball um, was a highlight from my earlier career, too. Just seeing somebody work so hard at their craft and seeing what kind of dedication that it takes to be as good as you you can be and what your potential has was incredible. Um, I always love to tell the story about getting to know Mike. It was a Kimball High School homecoming football game. Everybody's out. You know, homecoming's great. You want to get there early. You're watching the game in the stadium and the stands and stuff and getting ready and all this and that. And I hear this sound coming from the corner inside the school. And so I go and I'm like, what is going on over here? And it's in the basketball gym. And I go in there 
and Mike and his mom, Michelle, who's a University of Wyoming alum and Hall of Fame basketball player, they're in there with taped X's and things on the floor and, you know, sweating and working and shooting and doing all these drills, uh, just focusing on on something so intently to reach the very, very top of it. And Mike's overplaying in uh, in Spain, I believe, right now, professionally. Um, that that's just a memory and a moment I'll always remember, too, is seeing something like that. Um, and then at the CSC level, I've got, if we've got time, I've got a few games, too, I would note. Um, sure. In football, seeing the Shadron State game at Colorado Mesa where we upset the Mavericks, uh, not this past fall, but the fall before was was awesome. I felt like that was a big turning point kind of game in the program to get a road win like that, 38 to 34. That was just so much fun um, on the road. The trip out to Humboldt State was really cool with uh, football, getting to uh, go to the ocean and see some some guys who'd never seen the ocean before. You know, it was a cold day and these guys are ripping their shirts off after practice <laughs> and jumping in this ice cold water. And oh, just, it's worth it. Oh, it's man. Special. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was great. And there's giant redwood trees and, and things. I'd never been to that part of Northern California before. And so, uh, that was very cool to see um, as well. The RMAC softball tournament that I mentioned uh, was a great experience down there, too. Our, our team did so well, and uh, it was fun to see them in that really competitive playoff atmosphere um, doing so good. And then the Husker men's basketball team, too, against Shadron State in Lincoln. It was uh, just a thrill to do one of our games in a Division One arena like that. Oh, playing, yeah. You know, the, the team, uh, the statewide team, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. most you know, everybody in Nebraska is pretty well a Husker fan. So that was exciting for not just Shadron State fans, but dual fanships, yeah. Um, yeah. too. But uh, to be able to call a game on that floor at Pinnacle Bank Arena was a total highlight. That was really cool. Well, great. Well, I hope you have several more. Yeah, I, I know there's a bunch more coming. We've got so many awesome things going on in our sports programs that um, it's fun to be there and be you know right in the mix of it, courtside, in the booth, um, with the coaches, the players. Uh, those things are just so exciting. We have so many good people and good student athletes um, as part of our programs, and it's just it makes you proud to wear – our logo, wherever we go, and our colors, um, it's great. And so I know there's a lot of really cool memories coming forward, and uh, I just feel blessed every day to be a part of it, to be honest with you guys. That's a good feeling. Yeah, it it we'll is a great it. feeling, yeah. <laughs> so we got some quick-hitting questions for you. Let's do it. Uh, favorite team, regardless of the sport? Colorado Rockies. Right I've, I've been around since their existence started, so it's easy to say the Colorado Rockies uh, in baseball. Yep, that's that's probably my favorite. Favorite, favorite, favorite team of, of any sport, I would say. I would say. Okay. Works for me. What about a favorite movie? We mentioned Step Brothers earlier. Yeah. That's, yeah. That Classic. one's great. Yeah. Tommy Boy. Uh, anything with the old Chris Farley stuff <laughs> is, is right there uh, for me. Um, but And maybe it's just because it's this time of year, but I do at times see it on in the summer and we'll watch it. But uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is yeah, yeah. just that's so tra- good. That's a yeah. tradition. Oh, <laughs> man. It is just a great movie. So, yeah, that's, uh, I'd say those those three. That works. Uh, first concert you attended? Uh, wow, this is probably going to be a little embarrassing. Maybe I should uh, pick another one. No, I'll go, I'll go honest with you. Um I don't even know how old I was, maybe like seven or eight, and it was probably inappropriate. But uh, my my buddy's mom knew a guy in the concert industry, and we went to Fiddler's Green in Denver and saw Salt and Peppa <laughs> and R. Kelly. And uh, for for kids our age, I would say right now it was highly inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <I'm mad. laughs> um, 
I remember all kinds of things that I should not have seen, and I won't mention on this podcast. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, to keep that rating down because right. we're, we're not going to R today. So, yep. um, but it was uh, it was it was that impressionable as a kid to see uh, to see that show. Uh, but other than that, I, I went to Dave Matthews Band um, at Folsom Field in Colorado uh, in Boulder when I was a student at Boulder, and that. That was pretty awesome. I'm not a huge concert goer. Um, I haven't been to a lot, but that was probably my first like major awesome concert right there. Nice. Yeah, yeah. it was good. How many times have you been to the top of Sea Hill, Dave? Ooh, I, I would say two. I would say I've been to the top of Sea Hill twice, and I remember once a snake scared me off. Oh, um, yeah. Did it have a rattle on it, or? Yeah, I don't know if I gave it enough time. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was I, twenty feet long. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> I started going up, and I got to the sea, and I wanted to go walk up and see the sea when I first moved here, um, and it was in the summer of fifteen, and I remember looking up above the sea, and I saw this snake go across a dirt part, and I was like, "All right, that's it. I'm out of here." <laughs> so yeah, I, don't blame uh, I got out of there. So yeah. I've been up there a couple of times. Um, yeah, it's a pretty cool view of town when you get up there. I was actually three times now. Um, I think so. Yeah, it's cool. That's good. No snake bites yet. No snake bites yet. No, no, no snake bites yet. Let's hope for none uh, going forward. That might be the only one I've heard about. I don't think I've ever seen a snake up there. I, I did get covered in ticks one time, uh, like in, uh, it would have been late May one year. That might Tall be grass. worse. Yeah. I know. Pluck those things off. Oh. Um, what word comes to your mind when you hear Shadron State? Uh, opportunity, I would say. Opportunity comes to mind. You know, and we've talked a lot about what I do for CSC. So that's, you know, that was my opportunity to live out my dream and currently yeah. getting a chance to do that, calling sports. I love it. So what a great opportunity that I was fortunate enough to, to get and, and taking advantage of. Um, but when I meet and talk to our student athletes, I, I hear their backstories. I hear how important Shadron State has become and given them opportunity to uh, develop what the career is that they want or, um, you know, even for some of them to escape a place they don't want to, to be at that, you know, that some, some people are like, I'm ready to get out of where I've been raised. I'm ready to try something new. I'm ready to uh, meet some new people, you know, and so an opportunity to, uh, you know, have a fresh start or meet new people, learn about yourself and develop as a person. And so um, I would say opportunity. I like it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's what a college should be. Yeah, I, yeah. I just I love the feeling of college campuses. When I go back to um, Colorado, I'll cruise around the Boulder campus, just walk around and smell the smells and check out the buildings and go inside. And, um, you know, or Fort Collins at CSU or at a bunch of friends go or here at Chadron State, you know, running the campus uh, in the summers. Or I just you get that feeling of, of promise or, or of potential and opportunity. And um, there's just something about college campuses that is, is just positive. And uh, so positivity, maybe would be another word I'd choose. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So. Well, I agree. Well, Dave, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast with yeah. us here. We really appreciate it. And I'll see you at the next basketball game too. Yes, sir. I will see you, Daniel. <laughs> we'll run into each other plenty of times the next oh, yeah. uh, few months. And guys, this was so much fun. Thanks for yeah, certainly for allowing, for asking me to do this. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. So uh, yeah. thank you guys. Yeah, our pleasure. Thanks, Dave. You bet.